Welcome back to the Trevor Tysman Show. Today, I've got my brother Sam Tysman here, firefighter, always here to talk the other side of the fence. We saw Grammys Final Four this weekend coming up on a big game tonight and a whole lot of other topics. Let's dive into it. Did you watch the Final Four? It was a pretty good game. It's pretty good atmosphere for some fun times. Is it So is it wrong to say that the reason I watch these sporting events is because I have a mother-in-law in town and so she wants to watch it? Yeah, you're supposed to like sports. You're supposed to want to see them. There was some great games we had. North Carolina uh-huh. actually came to play. Duke, watch unfortunately, that. Coach K retirement. Watch that. What do you think about that? Do you think old Coach K needed to get out of there? He had quite a hitch in his giddy-up. I hope he's doing all right. Well, let's say so. I don't know. In reality, like I, I don't follow it well enough to know whether or not Coach K is good, bad, or, or whether he's failing. What I do know is Duke has been in the playings for as long as he's basically been there. So is it him or is it end of an era? I mean, from my whole entire past, it's Coach K is Duke's right. coach. And it's similar to North Carolina, his coach just, or that big coach just retired last mm-hmm. year. Um, are you a retirer? Do you think you take it all the way to the end if you're in an atmosphere super related to people and your time on task begins to fade if you're recruiting maybe that's the deal i mean recruiting is a big deal it's i mean it takes a lot out of you got to imagine that's i have to imagine that's like most of his off season is going around and trying to talk to people sure even if it's boosters like you're not just recruiting you know the next season of players you're also recruiting the next season of boosters right get out there and get in front of people and get some money like you're making cash for the but how tied up is your identity I mean, you retire, 100%. That, does that end your identity? Yes. Right then? Absolutely. Hey, Coach K, we'd like to set up an interview. Oh, you, you retired. Um, right. We'll get you here every now and again, but you're sitting at home by yourself, watching TV, watching basketball games. Could, I don't know. Man. Like, I worry about me. If someone decides to, you know, we'll pretend, put on the pretend cap for a second, that I was a fantastic basketball coach and I retired. I have, like, I imagine I dip into a little bit of a depression. I'm sitting at home on my own watching Duke play. You have to have a plan B. Well, I, what I mean by a plan B is I personally am like, you. I don't think I could do it. I am a person that would grind through the suck until I croaked. And unless I had something extremely compelling that I wanted to do next, I don't know that I would ever stop. I So I literally just got done having a conversation with a bunch of firefighters who are desperately concerned that once we retire and they're coming up on it once we retire we're no longer firefighters who are we yeah you ha- you have an interesting job profile because it's uh in a sense you are put with that position in a time at which you're not dead you know retirement for firefighters what is in their 50s yeah like, like ideally that. and partly just because like it is it's hard work on the right. body and right. you don't want i mean you don't want a decrepit old man coming up and trying to rescue you sure i mean if you have to pick things up you got to move around you got to have a good cardiovascular system you you know not to mention the sleep factor, all those years of not getting great sleep. Uh, I just can't imagine that. Well, I mean, stick on task. You're, you're going to be set up with that in your 50s. Yes. You're going to have to figure out what are you going to do with your identity? Well, so we talked about it. Like, what do you do? And it is. It's a plan B to the T. Like, you have to have an exit, an exit start. Like, you're not exiting to exit. You're exiting to start something else. Right. And I think if you don't start something else, you find yourself going crazy. I've, I've been in a really unique situation. I, I started this uh, K-Vans training when I got out of college, and I've actually went through multiple. I've started what I've made card games. Mm-hmm. I started this business. I worked at a gym for a long time, and I've kind of been really fortunate because I know a lot of 
people in their 50s. And I have interesting perspective on that idea of retirement. And I think that that would be my advice to absolutely everybody would be, I almost think you should live your life in cycles. You know, you should be regenerating your life because you get reinvigorated every couple years. Maybe your maybe your platform's a decade. Maybe it's eight years. Maybe it's every 15 years. But if you don't have the ability to almost start over and have a whole new engaging concept, it's the electricity that runs through your body when you start a new thing. It's unbelievable when you and one thing I would tell you is like, um, you know, you talk about or I've read tons of books and listened to millions of podcasts on super successful people and the way that they talk and the energy they bring. It's always on like the next thing. And I've I've felt it a little bit as you this podcast, for instance, we're 40 episodes in. We've been cruising through doing an awful lot of work on it. And you just get electrified by your motivation, by the way you feel each time you start the next thing. So you know, is that you're right? You know, do you give these guys advice that says, Hey, what is your next thing going to be? And it doesn't mean sit in front of the couch. If you want to live life, right. You have to pick something to live on. So well, maybe we'll just start there. Do you find yourself getting, um, agitated in your, in your, so you've been in this box, we'll say you're, you're doing this job for three, four years. Do you find yourself getting agitated in that box and starting to look to your next thing? Or do you just get inspired and you're like, I got to find a new thing now. Um, for me, it's almost when you're in the entrepreneurial side of stuff and trying to build a business, I don't know if it's, it doesn't get to the point at which you thought it would. So it's on to the next thing, or if it's actually just my own mental capacity is I've taken this as far as I'm engaged enough to do. I don't know. I don't know which it is, you know, and well, do you find yourself exiting mentally before it's actually done? Like, I know that you're still running the K bands like online experience and, and you're selling stock and, and giving people what I can tell is, is a very good like education for, you know, athletics and, and treating their body well through multiple ages. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of evolved. Uh, I don't think that I would ever leave anything. It's more of, um, uh... How can I help more? How can I be more engaged? The audience, in my opinion, I've kind of been talking in front of a camera since 2010, talking to people that I thought were there and apparently they were there, you know? So now that I'm into this podcast thing, I feel like it kind of just opens the door to not just a, a dad or a young athlete trying to train. Let's talk to everybody about other types of settings and, and maybe things that they may be interested in or things that I could maybe help them with, uh, thought processes, D DIYs. You know, I, I just think there's so much more to talk about in that podcast world that's really invigorating. And I don't know that it would be for everybody, you know, shooting videos and editing videos and editing and editing and editing. That, that, that can be very time consuming. But as I've come across more people that come to that retirement age, unless you want to sit in front of a television and be a bump on a log, you have to have some kind of a thing to go to. Do you, do you have a backup plan? What are you thinking is mm. going to be the next step? I mean, well, I 50s think, is getting closer for you. You like just next had a year, birthday I think. and you're I think, like old. So old. I will say indigestion, I think, is the first step I'm going to come to at retirement. But I, I find myself spinning my wheels in the exact same scenario you're talking about. Like, I don't want to leave firefighting and just be like, all right, now what? I would rather leave firefighting to go do the now what. And, and right now I do, I do have plenty of years, so but I don't the key have to be there. to do the what before you leave. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. I, you, you want to be set up to hit the ground running. And you yes. can't hit the ground running from the starting blocks. You actually want to hit the ground running 
having had the starting blocks one or two years ago. Right. Like, we'll just say, we'll say I'm retiring next year. Like, I would expect something like this to be the like the beginnings of a running block. Or if I wanted to start a sales job, I would want to make the contacts necessary to start those sales things like a year ago. So yeah, I think for me, I absolutely want to be thinking about it a year or two before, maybe five years before I actually retire. I'm not near that yet, so I give myself a lot of grace right now, but I, it's coming and it, and it is concerning. Um, I think, I think about like, what do I want to have when I am 55 to look back and go, Ooh, made that mistake. And I've, so I've started asking, like, we've got a lot of people that have just retired at our department. We've got a lot of people that are retiring. And I ask every one of them, like, what's your plan? What are you doing? Like you retire today. What are you doing next week? Do they all have a plan or no? No, like some do. And I'm like, that sounds really cool. Is it uh, money driven still? Or is it literally just, uh, well, my plan is to relax and just chill. It's, it's all of the above. We've got some that are money driven and that like they've got to continue to uh, produce an income above and beyond what their retirement will provide for them. We've got others that are like, I just, I know I'm going to be bored. My wife's still going to be working and I'm going to be sitting around at home. And so I think one of those guys went into sales of like fire equipment, which was great. He knew his stuff really well. Right. And so he actually ends up making a lot of money as a salesman because if anyone has a question, he can not only say, this is what I think, this is what I use, this is why it's important, but he can also then give you the specs of the actual equipment he's got on his truck. Like it's, it's, it's a no brainer for him. Right. But I do find myself sitting there thinking about the individuals that like, I just want to retire, go fishing when I want to go fishing like live that vacation-y life whenever I want to go someplace, I can go. The thing that I find to be the most frustrating thing about the idea of a retirement would be if you don't have any income, I don't care who you are, if it's zero income, you could save your whole entire life. And then when you get to be 60 years old and you go, man, so basically I literally can only sit in my living room and watch TV to pay all these consistent bills that I still get. I mean, you're, you're saying I... I worked my whole life to make sure that I can just survive for my whole life. Right, right. And I wonder if it wouldn't be, you know, I'm not some money guru or any of that kind of stuff, but it would be interesting if you looked at it and maybe towards the end of your career, you're forced to look at that. I'm always forced to look at what the next thing is. When you think about it, what if the general consensus is teaching a child or, you know, we've got kids, you know, wouldn't it be a better idea to teach those kids that says, Hey, get your job, make your money, set it up to where you can help sustain your family and your, your quality of life. And then what you should be doing throughout your career is finding another income stream that is more geared exactly to what you want it to be. So you feel retired. You feel the bliss, but at the same time, you still maintain an income and your quality of life can be much better. I mean, how many weeks can you really go on vacation? I don't know anybody that's just on vacation. I was going to ask you, I was going to exa- ask you that exact question because last time I went on vacation, went to a great resort, like by all accounts, it was beautiful. And I found myself sitting there going, I don't know if I can do this for seven days. Like it was just seven days and I found myself going, was it just, you missed work or just, you never got to unplug? I don't know. I I don't know what it was. I I remember sitting there going, if this is what retirement is cracked up to be, maybe I just die while working. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it's the reality of it though. I mean, I find where if I'm not around people for me, my personality, if I'm not around people, I honestly am just extremely bored. 
So my retirement requires people. Right. No, that's so I, I did I did try and consider that. Like what is it that I'm actually looking for in retirement? In my head it was like I like sand, I like beaches, I like I prefer beach over mountain. Uh, I prefer, you know, being out in the ocean, being those sorts of things. I preferred all that stuff. I enjoyed the people I was hanging out with. Like I had a great time with my friends that went down there with me. It was all of the right things. Like if I were to pick like holiday best of, it would be great friends. Um, don't have to think about food. I just go to food wherever. And this is all inclusive. I'm just, I'm selling you an all inclusive. Yeah, all inclusive right is the way to go for right. sure. Always. So I, that's what we have. We have an all inclusive. We're on beach. And we've got best friends. Like, bam, that's that's it. Yeah. I've hit which, the touchdown. Which either means you need more money than you ever thought because you have to pay for everybody else. They didn't think ahead. Mm. So you got to pay for everyone to have the experience. You know. So are you willing to do that? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm absolutely not. So you're staying at home. That's you're staying at what home. What I'm getting at is I'm staying at home and I'm gonna I'm gonna live on my couch and every five years I'll go on Cancun. Yeah, vacation. we'll have to figure this out. We, I mean, I don't know for sure. If there's any right answer, most of the time, it just depends on, you know, what the kids end up doing, financial obligations. But well, let's, let's set it aside. Job. That's what I- <laughs> let's set it aside and let's say you're creating your dream, vac- your dream vacation, which we'll assume will be your dream retirement, which uh, already I'm going to warn you, I think is not right. But your dream vacation that becomes your retirement, what does it look like? Where are uh, you? I think um, beach. Mountains? I think I would like. No, I would like to go to beaches. Okay. To I like to ski in the while I still can. I'd love to snow ski when you can, but once a year is fine by me. I don't need to go ten times. Um, beaches twice a year, and then it's just an awful lot of water stuff on local lakes would be ideal for me. I don't. I'm. I'm building that. That's my. But you're describing. Been, you're describing the lifestyle that is like I have no. I have no responsibilities. Yes and no. I mean, you know, if you can work remote or you can do different things where getting off work at two or three o'clock or you can work earlier in the morning or later at night, freedom in schedule, depending on what jobs there are available, the more and more people can become remote and you can get out by two. There's an awful lot of day still to be had by 2 p.m. So to me, I don't know that I care to not have anything to do. I just want to be able to do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. Mm. So in a seven day time span, could I work on a Sunday? If it's raining, sure. Why not? You right. know, could I, uh, get something done on any given weekday if it's bad weather or can I work in the mornings before it matters? Like to me, that's the ultimate goal is find the freedom of a, a job that you can do that you enjoy that still allows you to have all the hobbies. But hobbies is something that not everybody has. And, I find hobbies extremely fulfilling. And if people don't have hobbies, and not to pick on chicks, but I feel like moms and wives, they lose them all as soon as they have kids. Main focus on the kid, which is completely understandable. But it is kind of an interesting dynamic when you look between men and women on how that young, young child thing happens. Women are okay with getting rid of all hobbies. These are my hobbies pretty much instantly. And... I don't know. I find that most of the guys I know, it seems like it takes a little bit longer to get into that kind of world to where kids are every aspect of every, they are the hobby, you know? Yeah. I've taught, so I'll, I'll disagree with you on two parts. One, I've got a friend who, uh, a guy friend who, when he had kids, like he was all in, he's like, whatever my kids do, I'm in. I want, I want my hobby to be their hobbies and I just want to enjoy it. I will say he's got the best relationship I've ever seen with uh, a dad and his kids. So that, that is exhibit A. Yeah. And exhibit B would be, I've talked to so many um, women who have done kind of the, the quintessential, I kind of gave up my hobbies to do these things with my kids, and they all have the, 
um, either we'll call it regret or we'll call it like I've lost my identity and, uh, and this whole, like, we won't say a breakdown, but like a full re like reexamination of like, well, who am I without kids? No matter where the kid is, whether it's like the kids in diapers, the kid is in uh, youth sports or the kids leaving the house because he's going to college. I've seen women in each one of those scenarios trying to determine like, well, I was, I was told that I had to do this or I felt like I had to do this and they don't anymore. And now they're in the exact same. So I don't know that it's male or female oriented. I think I have benefited by just assuming that someone else will get really involved with all of my wife. Like I just assumed that she would get involved with the kids. And so like I've been a terrible person and just kept up with my stuff, but I've seen her even try and keep up with hobbies. So all that to say, I think hobbies are good for, for a person, no matter the age, being like a kid, because that's when we're teaching them hobbies. Right. A middle adult, which would be people with kids. And then now we're talking retirement, where I have nothing else to do, and my hobbies are basically who I am. So what happens then when your hobbies have to change? So you get an injury. Every hobby you talked about was like, I want to go skiing. I want to get out there and do this thing. Like, I this scares the heck out of me. If I get injured bad enough and I can't do those those hobbies, like... How do you pivot? You know, I think it's actually figuring out what you like in the smallest micro level. Because, for instance, um, I'll give you a boating example just because I really do enjoy it. But I learned a long time ago that you could have the most amazing experience. Imagine you've got all the right friends in your around you. You've got the best skiing water. You've got everything that you wanted. Adrenaline's to an all-time high. You throw down some of the best runs. You're learning new tricks. You have an amazing experience. And then the next weekend, you think it's all going to happen again. It all lines up. Mm. Same folks on the boat, same thing going to happen. And then you almost, your expectations are like of glory, the best thing you've ever had, the best experience. And then somehow the day was just different, whether it be someone had something going on afterwards or they were juggling a schedule so they weren't quite as engaged or everyone wasn't as a little excited. Bit, there's a little bit more wind today, so people were a little bit colder. Some, well, and you also have like someone get someone got hurt, you know, mm -hmm. now all of a sudden it kills that. But with those things repeating and repeating, um, what I discovered is I really enjoy outside and listening to music. And when I made it the most micro element of it, I just always enjoy it. Hmm. So if you took it away from me, would I be kind of, so I had this neck injury last year. Okay. Mm -hmm. You remember that? I do. And when I had the neck injury, I couldn't do anything that I love to do. I couldn't do it. I have a, an, a, a pretty unique schedule where I could go out and ski later on in the day and, or on the weekends, you know, obviously. And what was the worst thing ever that could happen was a neck injury in July. Right. Cause it means you've got, well, shoot, you extend the thing all the way out. Like how many months do you, let's say this, what's your cutoff month for skiing? So I could ski if it was in the mid fifties, the water was in a wetsuit and which probably gets me maybe the first week in November will be the last time I ski in a So year. July injury, August, September, yeah. October, like that's three to four months of, of no skiing. Yeah, so I didn't do any, um, I took almost four to five days off and still got out there, didn't change anything because for me, I had this epiphany a long time ago when I went on trips and different things that as soon as you repeat a trip and it's not the same, it's like, what happened? Why don't I feel the joy of what I was supposed to feel? I right. mean, but when you take it down to like such a micro level of 
oh, the breeze in my hair, the music I'm playing. The That's why I always go around with like Bluetooth speakers. Everybody always counts on me when I go on a trip to have it because that is my enjoyment. My enjoyment is at the most micro level of listening to some tunes outside. We stopped bringing Bluetooth speakers yeah. because one, ours were always smaller than. Yeah. But two, like it was like, why would we double pack speakers when we know Trevor's bringing a blaster? Yeah. So, I mean, th- that's what I always did was I took the micro level of joy and then I make sure that that's what I achieve and I can always achieve it and I can always have a great time. So you've, you've busted your neck. You can't go out and you can't actually ski. So your so micro level is what music and being outside. So where do you get it? So I was still on the boats watching other people ski. And I still a blast. Ski and still had a great time. And uh, after about two weeks off, all I would do is slalom. So on, you know, the, the chair, you know, you can jump, you can do flips. There's so much variety and things you could do, but I didn't do any of that. I literally just slalom skied around and drove it around because it feels like you're flying and got out there for maybe 15 minutes and then I'd get a little tightness in my neck and I'd stop. That was it. So you just, you tone everything down to the, I, the micro, the I did bare minimum. For, I did that for five weeks. Five weeks. I did nothing for five weeks. Still joy. Had a great summer. Yeah. Well, I mean, there could be a lot to that. I, I will say this is one of my favorite uh, you call them a Trevorism. Like it is one of my favorite things that you've talked about lately where you have this like um, aside where you're like, I went to, we're going to Florida shortly. I went to Florida last year. It was one of the best times I've ever been to Florida. Like I, I loved it. It was the right group of people. It was the right time of year. It was the right, uh, the ocean. Like I can't, I've never been to Florida and had such perfect water as we did last year. So I'm sitting here thinking about that and thinking about this truism that you have. Yeah, the water's going to suck this year. It's going to be terrible. We're going to have grass and grass and grass. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's going to be terrible. But that's a prime example, right? I mean, if the water sucks, there you go. Right. So I'm sitting there trying to think, like, all right. So I know that this year, it would be silly to compare it to last year. But what are the micro things? What are the things that I'm excited about that no matter what will still be there? That I can then think, this is a great, you know, this is a great trip to Florida. And so, yeah, I'm I'm sitting there trying to think through that list. What's your list for Florida this year that helps it be better, or at least what it is instead of what right. it was last year? You know, it's kind of interesting. Like I've written, I've read so many self help books, and I reflect on things a lot. I try to do all this meditation stuff that you hear people doing, but I just think that you got to think through any problems that you're having, make sure you have a conclusion, and then it allows your body to kind of relax. Mm. And if you can get to that level of just having all the P's and Q's and a plan for me personally, if I know what I'm doing and what I'm trying to achieve, I have no anxiety about anything So because I know what I'm driving for. So then in like a trip format, if I'm going on a trip, I'm not worried about all the things that I didn't fix. I'm not worried about all the things that I left unturned. I'm not worried about some things that I left undone with work. I'll work 20 hours a day until they're all done for me to go because when I get there, I'm going to unplug mm-hmm. and I know I will not do anything for seven days, but I didn't used to be that way. I used to never even go on a trip without working 24 seven, the whole entire time I was there. And I was miserable because I couldn't actually get anything done, mm-hmm. but I was trying to have fun. Well, I remember, I, still... I remember being on the beach and you answering a phone call, like, because people call with customer service complaints or questions or anything. And you pop off and, and lean over and take your windblown uh, phone call and then come back and, and then try and like figure out where the conversation has gone since you've been gone. Right. And I remember watching that two or three times in that summer and just being like, that sucks. Yeah. You, you don't really, I mean, when you run your own business and it kind of is what it is, you, you find a, 
it's almost like everything's on steroids in your life. It's all too much. It's always too much. So when you figure out how to manage too much, and if you can win and you get to a place where you can manage it, it makes everything so much simpler that then you have to follow a plan so you don't blow your brains out. <laughs> right, so like this is this is my template. This is how I manage all of my things. And as long as I push through them all, I can find joy. I can be happy. Right. So your template sounds like this year is same as previous years. I'm fully unplugging from work. Yeah. Works works off. Mm-hmm. When you go there, though, what's uh, what's on? What do you replace work with? Well, when you don't have anything that's, you know, kind of sticking in your head of like, I forgot to do this. I didn't do this. I need to do this. Oh, what if the whole world's going to come to an end? Unfortunately, just experience. And over time, I've learned that it's just, it's not that bad and it's not that good. So you almost become an old dog over time. You get more and more experiences and all those little cliche sayings all of a sudden have more and more meaning and they're real. What, do you know what the quote was that Tom Hanks, and it probably wasn't his quote, but he was in some kind of an interview that I had uh, seen recently, and I'm actually going to butcher it and probably couldn't even tell you the exact quote, but he said something along the lines of, um, this too will pass, mm. this too shall pass, mm-hmm. and yeah. then he puts it in a format of positivity where, you know, this is great, but this too will pass, and then right. when it's bad, this this too will pass, and it's kind of interesting, like a lot of those types of innuendos or those sayings as I've lived life, they all become more and more meaningful. You know, I've always, I get a kick out of comics in the same way. When you listen to comedy, you know, the old deal where, you know, the woman's always right. You know, everyone has always cracked jokes about that. I've been married and been happy, my wife, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. All all those little sayings. It's just kind of funny as time goes on. I've been with my wife for shoot. I don't know since, since like 2010. So it's a long time or no, 2007. So when you start thinking about all these different years, you, it's not that you don't care anymore. It's just you don't really care particularly about what you're wanting in there. So sure, do whatever you want. I don't actually have an opinion. A fight that you would have had two years ago because you thought you had to die on every battlefield. Right. You're like, right. I don't even need to storm this field. Right. But it's just kind of funny. Like as time goes on, it's like all those cliche style comments and things. You could bullet them out, write them down and find your top 10 and start reading those every day. And every single year, they seem to have a different meaning every single time. And I don't know, when I go on trips, that's what I've, I've already experienced disappointment of like the most epic trip. Like, why was it not so good? Why was it not as good? I'm so bummed that it wasn't the same. And then for me, my saying was, no day will ever be the same. Every day will be different, no matter if the same people are there, no matter if it's the exact same experience. If you live life like that day is its own unique experience and it's going to be its own thing. God, you have a lot of fun. Well, I want to I want to I want to take that to a place because I I know that you remember for a while uh, my wife and I would have our combined birthdays at uh, Funky Town. What a time. <laughs> and we would go to, so Funky Town's this great place where we would, uh, I feel like I'm plugging Funky Town right now. I it's, mean, you kind of have to. I mean, <laughs> it really is a diamond in the rough. True. It's, it's, it's a dive uh, dance bar where you listen to like, what, 70s, 80s uh, hits. Has a Michael Jackson performance to this day. I mean, can it get any better, really? Bubbles. They got bubbles that fall from the ceiling. Like, this, is, this is a trash place that is so much fun to go to. Sure. But so trash, go- you mean amazing. As everyone does when they say trash place. Right, right. So so we're going to this place first year. Don't know what to expect. Have no idea. Have a great time. It was wonderful. Second year, we're thinking, that was great. Let's do it again. And I remember sitting there thinking as I went, oh, we got to up it this year. Like, there's no way it's going to be as fun unless we like up it. 
And I didn't know what to do. And I found myself getting like nervous, like, oh, this was a bad idea. I shouldn't have done a back-to-back year on this. But at the same time, like I knew it was so fun. It had such potential. So I, I find myself sometimes when I'm expecting something to be anywhere near what it was before, that I'm ruining it before I even get there. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the, the other saying you could go with, which is, uh, you know, something along the lines of you can't overcharge it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we've got to make it just as good. we got to make it just as good. we got to, and all those pressures and things, but it doesn't have to be that way. If it's just, it's, it's your own experience. It's going to be a new time every time. It, it just... So that I think that I think is the part that I've I'm not I'm not gung ho enough to up it every time. I just I'm too lazy for that. I and you, and you don't have to. It doesn't right. have to be. Well, that's what I'm getting at. So so I've realized that my better space is to just enjoy it for what it is each time. Like let it be what it is and don't expect more out of it. And so I don't know, maybe that under maybe that underrates everything that I'm doing all the time, but I have found that I put way less pressure on things and I don't anticipate greatness only to find just under greatness. And then right. I'm disappointed. Well, the fake it till you make it saying, okay, love it. Love that saying, but in different applications. So imagine, you know, fake it till you make it. You know what? Everybody in the whole world should fake it. You should fake enthusiasm. I feel like in my own life, if you get jacked up about stuff, interact with your children. If you have young children and you interact with your children and they are an extremely enthusiastic watch a kid open a bunch of presents and look how fun it was for them mm-hmm. and how much you enjoyed giving them presents but you if you look at it from like a this is this is how these gears turn when you look at it for what it was and why it was so epic for them it's because they'd never experienced it before it's a new thing for them so every time they get a new thing they're jacked through the gills but when they're jacked through the gills how much fun is it for everyone else in the room my daughter used to open presents and she doesn't do it quite as much anymore. And I almost need to remind her about how exciting it was for her. She would be so excited on every single gift she was open and everyone in the room was glowing. It was like so much fun to watch someone feel that much joy. But when you start seeing what makes people happy, it's that you are extremely engaged. You're looking someone in the face and you are over the moon for whatever they have to talk about. And when you play with your kids like that, it's so much more fun. So when you have conversations like me and you are having, it's so much more fun. It is that, but I find myself like, as you're talking, like I'm knee jerk fighting this and I'm sitting there going at some point, don't you fake it so much that like you just feel hollow. It's, I'm not that person. But, but, and I could, I understand what you mean and I don't really mean it from like an insincere place. Have you ever been excited? Can't think of a time. Exactly. When you were excited uh-huh. and you felt those feelings, you feel the same feelings as everyone else feels when they're excited. It's how the body feels. Mm-hmm. So if you allow your body to feel that and get engaged with whatever you're doing, quality of life through the roof. I mean, I will. So have you heard the, there was a study that was kind of done on happiness and they did a happiness uh, for introverts and extroverts. So this study basically was trying to determine like, is is an introvert happier being an introvert or is an introvert happier being an extrovert? And they, after going through the thing and, and doing the questionnaires and stuff like that, while it drained an introvert more to be around all those people, acting like an extrovert actually made them happier. So it was more exhausting. It was more input. It took a lot more out of them to go do this thing. But the activity of being enthusiastic, the activity of being around other people, the activity of, of being uh, charged by other people and just faking it 
uh, ended up being a thing that provided more happiness uh, per self-reported questionnaires than if they did their thing, which would be, you know, be a little bit more secluded, be on my own, read a book or something like that. They had less energy. They spent it. It took a lot out of them to be that way, but it did provide more happiness. That's interesting. Uh, well, I don't, I mean, do you think that, do you think that you would actually have to be around more people? Like, what I mean is just because you're enthusiastic and you're enjoying those type of things and, and our example was around other people, but mm. I don't know that you couldn't do that on your own as well. You just know, be you, enthusiastic about the thing you're doing. Yeah, so when you experience the book you're reading, do you allow it to like bring you joy or do you read it like a dead duck and mm. you move through the pages and you're like, that was a pretty good book. Or do you tell someone about the book you read and it was probably one of the greatest books I've ever read and feel those feelings. I mean, that's the thing that I think I've taken personally is happiness is contagious. Yes. And if I'm not exactly the most happy, I feel like I can be a lightning rod for everyone around me because I like to be happy and I'm selfish. So when I'm around everyone else, if you ain't happy, I'm going to try to make you happy because I don't want to be unhappy because mm -hmm. unhappy sucks. There so, is, I, I imagine in my head, there is, there is a psychologist watching this going, oh, that brain is so broke. I need to talk to that man. Like, you think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that, that kind of extremity has to be dangerous in some way, shape or form. We'll find know. out in 10 years. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the wheels will fall <laughs> off the bus. I don't know. I just, uh, I am a lightning rod. You know what comes from lightning? Fire. I am going to burn this thing down. Like. I, you know, I, you could be right. Maybe it's all bad things. I just, I really just try to take things for like the smallest possible and feel the goodness in things. You know, I, I think being around little kids has really changed the way that I've done things a lot. I have so much fun with my four-year-old. Um, but it's because I'm like extremely engaged and I try to do the things that she's doing. And, you know, the fake it till you make it thing, I could see where that seems a little sinister maybe, or maybe, but it's not really faking it after you understand what you're doing. Oh, you're just having a great time. Right. This can be fun if I let it be fun. Or if I think about work the entire time, this isn't fun. Right. I, so, think, I think that more speaks to whether fake it to your name, make it is, is the thing that's driving it. It more speaks to be present wherever you are. Yeah. So if I'm, if put I'm. It, put it on the bullet. Where are we at? You know be, what I mean? Bullet. Be present wherever be, you are. Be present. Fake it till you make it. This in, too shall pass. This too shall pass. <laughs> but think about the fake it till you make it in that world. You make a good point. I, you could look at it one of two ways, fake happiness, or you think about it, fake it till you make it. Quit thinking about work, fake it. You don't have any stress at work, right? You, you're not stressed out at all. I'm not stressed out. I'm having a great time with you. That You know what I mean? Like, mm. that's the fake it. Let me fake the stress. That, ah, that's not bother, that doesn't bother me. Let, right. Leave that or, all alone. Or for the very least, and, and I think this is the part that maybe opens it up for people that are, it's hard to imagine not having that stress is just be like that stress will be there when you come back to it. Allow yourself the next 20 minutes to just enjoy this. Sure. You'll go back to that. That's given like you, you can't avoid the fact that you got bills to right. pay and, and stuff to do. The be present might be actually a better way to articulate. Fake it till you make it. You know what? <laughs> Let's go back across the entire podcast. Every time we say fake it till you make it. We'll... Put in be present because that's probably a better way yeah, to be say Be present it. wherever you are. And yeah. we'll just dub over that. Yeah. So give me one clean be present wherever you are that we can put over that. Yeah. So be present whenever you're on your trip, duplicating the same thing, feeling like a negative Nancy. Just be present. Yeah. Just 
be present wherever you were are. you present when you were watching the Grammys last night? Uh, that's what you no, said. No, I absolutely <laughs> wasn't. I, so the Grammys pop on, um, and I'm in the room, and I find myself, I'm mostly scrolling. And the, the part that made me really go out of body on it is I hear the same song on TikTok, as is, well, on Instagram Reels, as is what's going on on the uh, Grammy. And I had to... Oh, yeah, it's there. Like, I, I couldn't figure right, out where right. it was coming from. And, and it made me think, like, which machine is driving what is the Grammy and the music, you know, machine driving Instagram reels or is Instagram reels driving the people that are actually going to win the awards at the Grammys? I feel like if you really think about it, the music industry kind of is just using a different medium. You know, you had Napster and all the ripping off things and then we moved into streaming and now all of a sudden it's just wherever pop culture is. So doesn't it kind of feel like TikTok is the way that they're listening to the radio almost now? Maybe. Do you... I, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying because you've got, um, you know, the music industry had radio, then the music industry had streaming, the music, you know, it's going to constantly evolve and, and be a different thing. But currently, there's no monetization for the eight second or 10 second bit of music, but it does be, popularize it. I'm not positive, but I would imagine that these streaming companies are paired up with like TikTok. And if they get a certain amount of play, I bet it still trickles through the whole system just as if it was streamed on Apple or Spotify, I can't imagine that they would have signed any type of contracts that doesn't trickle the same way. If you're going to play this thing for 30 seconds, it's still 30 seconds of our pop song, so it's a stream. Hmm. And if you think about it like that, it's just a different radio station. It, I mean, and that's that's the real question, because most people would say, well, what drives radio stations income? And it would be advertising. So in in whatever way you can associate this medium to advertising is going to be the way that you same you get thing. Income. TikTok advertises whoever wants to advertise on their platform. They pay the streaming service for the amount of music or whatever contract they drew up. Bada bing, bada boom. You know, can you can you start a can you start a music career through TikTok? Do you think? Start. I don't oh, mean I, think I don't so. mean further. I mean start. Well, think about uh, Justin Bieber on YouTube prime example i don't see how you couldn't do that on tiktok now so ex explain to me what you mean so justin bieber was discovered making youtube videos singing his songs the, like as a kid yeah the producer was scooby or snooby or uh, i don't remember his name i'm not i positive. sure hope you're not talking about snoop dog no 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 uh scooter scooter his manager okay. or whatever found him as a kid and he was making youtube videos and he decided to make him a star he brought him down he uh, talked with them, signed some kind of a deal, and he's, I believe, has been his manager since day one. So okay. he was found on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely, it's possible. So YouTube YouTube creates a, a place where someone with talent can meet with somebody who can, uh, exploits the wrong word, but but can can utilize the talent. It seems like the right word from, the, <laughs> from what you've watched and seen right, over the yeah. years. So it allows a talent to meet with somebody who can exploit the talent and then also give money back to the talent. So you're thinking TikTok can be that. For the next group. The worst thing I think about, yes. But when you think about, so so in NFL, uh, they do rookie contracts where they basically underpay the guy for X amount of years until he signs a real contract. The music industry is nearly the same exact thing. But the problem is that unless you're extremely creative, they rob you of your story. When mm -hmm. you think of an artist's first album, there are a whole lot of artists that that album is, is their only is pretty much the only one that anyone really cares about outside of insanely engaged fans. I mean, that's why the sophomore slump is a statement. It's it's a statement because 
Did, do you have anything else to tell? That's right. why drug addicts make such great music because they keep, exper- <laughs> <laughs> they keep experiencing life though. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like I, I went through a tragedy or I went through a high or I went through a something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you have more stories to tell. Let's be clear. We're going to come back to Taylor Swift. You, you get in love and you get hurt so many times like that poor George girl Stray- has. George Strait's been singing love songs since the beginning of time. He must really be in love. Or it's he just true. gets the game. Kenny Chesney sings about beach and partying nonstop. I mean, there's a couple models of music that is extremely categorically right. what you should do. Love, sex, drugs, um, partying. Right. Uh, youth. Dr- yeah. being, being young. Um, oh, country music. Where you live. Where you came from. It's another spot. I don't yeah. know why that's such a big thing, but it really is. It depends well, if you're from the Midwest, I guess. I, I don't what really if, know for sure if the New Yorkers enjoy the country back where I come from. Right. <laughs> well, what about what about Pitbull? I mean, Pitbull's been <sighs> party forever. His category's party. How does he? How does he party? How Snoop can dog, you party? It's party. How can you party that long? Like I don't know that my body can party. It's easy. Like there's there's stimulants and uh-huh. things that you can use. Uh-huh. Um, and then, like when you buy bigger boats and things, you kind of you find another make a bigger party. another gear to party in. That's what um, it is. So it, the sophomore he's probably year, probably just faking it till he makes it. You yeah, see, he's living presently. <laughs> so, so it, really, the sophomore slump is about expanding your your horizon. So it becomes really difficult if you're going to stay right where you're at to go any further. A music artist is literally a parallel of a human life. Oh. If a human artist can reinvent themselves and have more stories to tell in a creative way. Mm-hmm. They continue to stay relevant. If they don't experience life anymore and become really rich and don't do anything, they make really crappy music. Well, now you're 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 describing the the storytellers. You're describing the the singer-songwriters. You're describing yes, that kind no, of Yes, no. I mean think about all the pop people that uh, come out and they have one of the biggest pop songs known to man. Well, unless someone else writes them another pop jam, That's they're, what I'm getting they're at. over. It's done. That's what I'm getting at. Like there are there's a whole well, the 90s and, and early 2000s was really a big hotbed of it where you just wait for somebody else to write you a good song and then you'd sing it because you were the talent but someone else was the was the writer. Unfortunately writing. though, the more I've learned about music, I think that's been around since day one. Sure. I, I mean, mean, how many experiences only, can a person really have? Yeah, it's it's kind of insane when you kind of see the trickles of songwriters more or less. It's a pretty small uh, take country music for example. Mm-hmm. If you really look at who wrote all the songs for Blake Shelton, um, Jason Aldean, and I don't remember there's another one. Three of some of the, you know, been in the top of the charts for how many years mm-hmm. now? Literally, that whole catalog came from like one or two writers. Right. Which which they weren't, um, what makes you wonder, like, what kind of life are they living? Or are they just so good at giving a new spin to the same experience? Yeah, I don't know. I mean... If you can be a fictional writer, you know, and you're that type of a person, you could probably make music forever as long as you get the category. I think George Strait and Kenny Chesney are nearly probably the best examples of someone that has reinvented the Snoop Dogg for a different category. Taylor Swift, which we were going to say. I know well, you were, it was on your it was on your tongue. Yeah, but I, I think she's just a very creative person and makes great music. But what I'm saying is she's actually switched different genres and sang about different topics like right. the Snoop Dogg, Kenny Chesney. You're uh, talking George about they—they they know the mold of what has worked for them, and they do the same thing over and over and over. You're talking about writing about the same topic, but but coming to it from a very different experience every single time. Yeah, that if makes you, sense. Or, or even just jo- like genre following, like this type of beat 
feels good now. Five years from now, this type of beat is the so we're gonna write a new song. It's the same thing. Have you just ever different beat. have you ever seen the uh, Ed Sheeran deal where he's getting he's on an interview? Ed Sheeran, extremely talented. He would be a great songwriter person that kind of continually makes new music. But have you ever seen where he more or less puts together like ten or fifteen of the top whatever songs on the same three chords on mm-hmm. his guitar or whatever? Yeah, it's a, it's a great YouTube video. <laughs> it's just the way it sounds, you know. Like he's well. Like, on the other hand, have you have you seen the ones where? Um, Oh, shoot. I'm going to forget his name right now. Uh, he did. Um, uh, I'm blanking on what, it. What is what? So he's a some... he's a uh, he's a songwriter from the early 2000s, uh, maybe late 90s. And he is a he's a piano punk kind of guy. And I am blowing on his name. But this guy is the Constantine song. No, no, no. That's something guy? corporate. No, no, no. This is uh, a rock in the suburbs. Uh, he's a guy that did Billy Joel. Golly, no. The, I am sorry for all of you. Who, Elton John? None of the You're not going to come up with this. I mean, who I, else is playing a piano that I'm not thinking of? No, it's... It, mm, I'm not going to remember it. Uh, but he, he's got a great musical mind. And he ends up uh, running and hosting uh, this event at the Kennedy Center. And the audience gives him topics. The audience gives him words. The audience gives him a key. And he basically on the spot composes an entire song that is 100% pulled out of the audience, like as they spoke. He does it in front of the audience. He does the entire thing with a symphony. So he's legitimately writing a symphony off of whatever the audience gives. And he does it in a matter of like 10 minutes. Are the people in the symphony, they're also improving or no? No, no, no. He, he Well, I mean, they are in that he will say, uh, I want you to be in the key of G and I want you to bring something, you know, faster pace than that. Good, good, good. Now now move it to a D. Good. And, and like he'll, all right, now keep that. Keep playing that in the background. And then like you see him just developing this. Like, I'd like I to ass- watch that. I've never, I've never seen that. Uh, and it would be a lot easier if I could tell you his name. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, well, you know, we'll find it. We'll find it. Yeah. Um, so this guy does that and he is creating music as it goes. But he's one of those personalities, these people, like you said, that can just write fiction, that can write music, that can imagine song. And everything that he comes up is at least passable. I mean, he made something passable out of like what amounted to a, a, a jingle that someone yelled out from the audience. And it was like well, pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah, we'll have to look it up. I'm interested in that. Have you heard in the, the latest little Joe Biden nugget? I have not. So I had read through some articles and he has suggested, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. By, in, by 2026, they're talking about uh, basically making it to where all vehicles need to be 40 miles per gallon or better. I love it. You love I'm, it? I'm all in. Do you think that it's even possible? Yes. Are they going to put in some type of a clause, I'm assuming, that says uh, transportation vehicles don't have to meet that? Because what do you... You have to have an electric vehicle, basically, mm. in 2026, selling that wholeheartedly if you're going to be moving transportation. Say, semi-trucks, anything like that. The mm-hmm. whole construction industry... They're never going to get 40 miles a gallon unless it's an electric vehicle. Yeah, I mean, I guess it totally depends on what category he's talking about, whether it's like the consumer vehicle has to be over 40 miles a gallon or whether it means, like you said, literally anything that rolls. I would imagine there's going to be some huge caveats. Yeah, I without a doubt. But I, I like so I like those moonshot things. And not that forty I don't even think forty miles a gallon is that much of a moonshot. But I like those there's pushes. literally zero cars that get forty miles a gallon, except for like Four of them. Hybrids. Hybrids get 40. Drive down the road. Tell me how many of them are getting 40. Uh, Mine does. So when you're driving down the road, there's 
three people next to me out of the 40,000 cars. See? <laughs> but what I'm getting at though is like it is an attainable shot just like just like the moonshot was. Like we can we can bomb the moon. Yeah. Like they could do that. At that time, they could they could bomb the moon. So if we can bomb the moon, let's land somebody on it. We can hit 40 miles of the gallon in, in our current technology. So if we can hit it now, let's make it like the standard. Like I don't think it's outside of our technology wheelhouse, but I like it because it pushes the envelope. And unless America as a, as a people continue to push the envelope, someone else will. Someone else is going to make that moonshot. And that's what we kind of proved with the moonshot. Do you think that the need for better gas mileage was ever... You're going to say real. No, no, no. The, so let me, <laughs> let, me, let me say this right. So do you think that basically the need for getting better gas mileage was ever stopped in its tracks due to wanting to sell more oil? Mm, I, possibly. I, I think you, any of those things are absolutely likely. I mean, think about how many things are run by the puppet masters of, of large corporations. Totally get that. But I think you put a thing in policy that makes it so that no matter what the oil prices are, we're going to hit 40 miles to the gallon as part of the, like, if you're going to sell a car in America, it's going to be 40 miles to the gallon. Think about that, though, for the gas industry. If you really did make it 40 miles to the gallon and it was a, a, an affordable style vehicle, you would sell way less oil. Yes. Way less oil. Yes. I haven't got above 18 miles to the gallon in my vehicle probably in the last seven years. Right. 40, if I had 40 miles to the gallon, I would say that I would probably use like two gallons of gas a week. Right. Yeah. I mean, you it, it completely changes the market because, yeah. Well, and even look at it. Look at what COVID did to the market. So COVID immediately took out of the driving space thousands of vehicles, uh, ten, hundreds of thousands. Like I remember in the height of COVID when I was driving to work and it was, you know, a normal drive to work time. And I, I took a picture of it. There was no one on the road. I had four lanes to myself. Across the road had four lanes to their self. And I'm telling you, not a soul was on the road at that time. Like that is, I've never seen that before. Right. I've never seen it since. That moment, though, was an example of what, what happens when you re remove that. And what happened to gas prices? What happened to demand? It plummeted. And so, yeah, that absolutely will happen if we change over uh, our expected consumption to half do you think the technology is there or do you think my only worry is that elon musk is showing you what the technology is he's bringing forward as close this is as good as it gets currently and it doesn't seem to me i i'm a little worried that it's not quite ready but if you mass produced everything are you telling me that car could cost 25 if it was more mass produced or are you just saying like everything else, this is the price, and it just well, continues think of, to climb think about and what, climb. And think about what Musk is is up against right now. Like he has to build most of his parts for his cars because almost everybody has cut him out of the current deals. Well, he'll have to stay cutting edge on the sportiest, most epic performance of all time because just as the moves with Ford and Chevy and all the big manufacturers now. They're going to take over that lower market with a snap of a finger. Well, I think he's done the smarter thing to say, instead, what I need to do is continue pushing the boundaries on technology, yeah. on battery technology, on self-driving car technology, because you're absolutely right. If all it takes is having a battery and electric motor, both of which we can build right now to sell, which that's what the car companies are starting to do. You know, the Lightning, the, the Volt has been there for a long time. You know, you've got these electric cars that are coming out and these 
old dinosaur car companies are starting to take big chunks out of the market. The Mach-E, the, you know, the, the Maverick, which isn't an electric vehicle yet, but as soon as they make that an electric vehicle, it's going to sell like hotcakes. Like you get those dinosaurs that already have the infrastructure to build and be those players, it's going to absolutely revolutionize the thing. So he needs to stay on a whole different level ahead of them. The self-driving car model, for sure. Absolutely. It's the only niche he has. I mean, that's going to be the only thing that changes the ball game because every other company has come out with a pretty compelling offer. I mean, potentially even better. A competitive, yeah, a very competitive offer. When you say that my my, uh, car, my sports car, because most of his are are kind of sports cars as far as speed and acceleration, uh, is so fast, and then Ford comes out with the, the Lightning, which is a truck, which has like similar i won't notice a difference similar acceleration and 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 speed to you know speed to charge like i have a truck versus an electric car that was touted as being one of the fastest accelerating vehicles on the road and they're almost the same now well that's not going to sell you know that's not going to be thing that sells teslas and as tesla continues to run into the issue of like people having the youtube videos where they're pulling on different struts and stuff and they look kind of chintzy and cheap as a luxury car, they're going to start losing that game too. So he's going to have to up his quality and add something more to the table, which I think he is. There needs to be some innovation. The the next step of it that either battery capacity is way higher, whether it be charging stations more readily available. But, you know, we talked about this before. I, I really think that the automatic driving thing is the only technology that needs to be created out of this whole industry. Oh, yeah. Because it's the game changer. It changes it the way that the whole cities are built. It changes the need for plug-in stations at home. All those things, I think, are hurdles that are too big to... You're building something that's not the end game. You should have well, built the end game. Infrastructure takes so long to create. Well, and you're building, you're building something on a, an infrastructure that was designed around something else. Electricity, you know, if batteries are currently our, our choke point, then batteries need to stop being the choke point they're competing against a gallon of gas, which is it takes no time to insert more of, and then you keep down the road. Are you worried that the innovation should beat it rather than subsidize everything? And what I'm, let me give you two. Mm -hmm. If I inflate, you know, there's a gas tax, right? And I inflate gas prices, okay? Well, then that makes it more affordable to have these electric vehicles. So that's one avenue, one way to do it, right? Increase the cost of gas. The other avenue would be build more, cars make them a little bit cheaper just because there's more product out there that's another version but both of them you can't really do one unless you throttle the industry but is the technology should it move because the technology says it's better or should it be forced to move well i'm gonna this is gonna be a weird answer uh and so i'm gonna just say it right out and we'll go from there i think unless you bring something new to the table uh you can't you can't take over an industry you can't even add to an industry and so my example is Elon Musk, same guy, wants to create a social, uh, social media platform. We've already seen Google do a similar thing. Tons of money. They tried to make it. They pushed this social media platform, but it doesn't do anything different or really that much better than Facebook. It dies on the Vine. Right. Speaking of Vine, Vine comes in and changes everything with, by just making it a video platform, and it needs to be super small. But wait, where, where's Vine? It died because <laughs> the other people figured it out and said, well, we want that. And they bought it. And so they absorbed it into the ecosystem. Right. But each one that actually broke in and, and made a dent in the current ecosystem brought a technology that didn't exist before or was not like 
being sought after. So now with the cars, what is Tesla bringing to the table? They're bringing batteries that can go the extended range, charge faster. Eh, people are going to catch that. They're bringing cars that can drive themselves. No one's catching that yet. Yeah, they're, that's going to have to be the technology. I wonder what the open source policy from Elon Musk really means. Does, does that mean that Ford can utilize it? Does that mean that all the other companies can utilize the autopilot features when it's actually completed? Yeah, I don't know. I, that, that, ugh, that would be so much legalese uh, reading to try and figure out exactly what things are open source versus what things are like, no, you can have it. You just have to make sure that you pay me for it. Right. So you brought up a good point. I I kind of am curious about that. You know, if Elon Musk or some other rich dude comes along, has enough money to back a social media platform that actually brings something more compelling, what does that platform need to actually stick around? Ugh, if I could, I mean, if I could tell you that, I'd, I'd be the next billionaire who made a social yeah, media platform. you're not platform. a code writer. You're not, you <laughs> know what true. I mean? Like, well, what really would have to be bring? I mean, we've seen everything done what really does it have to offer other than, you know, I'll, I'll help you out a little bit. It has to be the wild, wild west where people can say and do whatever they want. Yeah, but that exists. That's what I mean. Like, so what? Uh, that is true. Former yeah. President Trump created one where he felt like the truth. Now, I don't even, I don't know what it is and I don't intend to know what it is. But sure, he creates a, one and it's it is the wild west. Do you think that advertising will have to be taken out of that type of a platform? You will always... I I feel weird saying these things because like I don't know, but I have to imagine someone always pays for it, and I mean that's the the age old thing is like nothing's for free, and so for the longest time the model, especially in America, was the one that was pioneered by like radio, which is you're not going to pay me to have a radio station, but I do have an advertiser who really wants to get his product into your ears. He'll pay me. And then you can have your advertisement or you can have your radio station for free. Well, that just continues to go into the next and the next and the next. And the real nefarious ones are the ones that you have to pay for and then also get ads on. Like that's, I'm getting, yeah, I think that's Is it, BS. That may have to be the model though, don't you think? Maybe it's uh, you pay two ninety nine a month or something to access a platform or have the key to get in. If I am, if I am a company, so either way, if I'm a company that runs on ad revenue, the people who pay me to advertise on my thing will have influence over me. They have to, they're where I get paid. All right. They, they've decided that they don't like this kind of content. I need to stop showing it. I either hold my ground and lose some advertisers or I bow to them and I keep my advertiser revenue and I change whatever thing people are upset about. On the other hand, if it's subscription based now, I'm beholden to my subscribers. And if my su- subscribers have decided that this kind of thing is not okay, even if it's a perception issue, I still have to make sure that they're the ones that are happy. Otherwise, they drop your subscriptions. Right. That's a word. So, like, how do you, how do you see someone stepping outside of having to, um, I guess, not bow to, but, but make sure that they're making somebody else happy? Because that's going to be the limiter, right? Well, the hurdle to be to jump over in a subscription model would be how then do you pay the content creators? Because if the app say, you know, someone's willing to pay four ninety nine, nine ninety nine, that's probably max. It might even be like a two ninety nine thing to get in. Well, if you got in the door for a fee, that makes that company no longer require advertisers to continue, which I don't know what that model looks like. It may not be very compelling to I mean, charge net- two ninety nine across the board, but I don't know. Netflix does it right now. Netflix is, so, I don't, I don't have to, I don't get no advertisements. I pay, they do up my payments pretty regularly. That's, 
I I've changed my yay for Netflix. Right. But but at the same time, like I really like that I can pop on Netflix and watch zero commercials. Right. So say you get on this platform and it's social media. By social media, I think it'll probably be less of the wild, wild west things and more of content creation. I think it'll be similar to either a Spotify podcast format or a YouTube podcast format where you duplicate the landing page. How many YouTube videos do you come across where someone's talking about a topic, but really they created a landing page. Mm -hmm. Now they have a place for dialogue below, tons of comments. It's an interactive society, all based on that chunk. But YouTube, to be quite frank, there is a lot of ads on YouTube. And tons. if you get going on a couple different videos with three or four minute videos, you're watching a lot of ads. So if they created an app, Mm -hmm. That you could pay to get in to see no ads. That will be the hurdle is then what you're also going to pay who you're listening to. And I find that to be problematic. Well, it, it would probably be a scenario like you're saying if it is Netflix creates all their own content or has paid somebody to have their content on the, on the and it's an established something. Right. Well, the advertisers allow the creators to make money. Right, right. How right. does the creator make money in that model? If it's a subscription to get into the Netflix, right? You're in there. Mm -hmm. And then you've got all the peoples, right? Mm -hmm. Netflix paid those companies to allow that to happen. So what the the deal is Netflix is going to be trying to make all these deals with all these random creators? Well, let's, or let's assume, yeah, let's companies assume, call. We'll, we'll call it um, our flicks. So, uh, or, or our pod or some really clever, like it's going to be amazing. Uh, everyone sign up for it. Sure, sure. Um, so you've got this this site and you pay to be on the site. You're going to have to have a ton of content to begin with, which is part of the problem that Netflix is running into. We don't have enough content. They're going to have to. That's why Elon, that's why the whole thing's possible is you grab a bunch of celebrities, mm -hmm. Joe Rogans of the world, mm -hmm. bring them on this platform. Now you've got content. You've got content. So you're looking for content just to begin with, which you can pay for up front. You can, you can, that's what Netflix was doing. That's what other companies have done. I pay for, um, uh, shoot, what's it called? They're out of exclusive uh, content. Not just exclusive, like you're paying for access to a content. Like uh, they would do that when... Uh, the rights to it or something? That right, yeah. Like, you, like you'd think back when we were kids and you'd watch Seinfeld during the day or something or you'd watch some other show during the day, but then late at night, you'd get to watch Seinfeld's old, old episodes over and over and over again at like the nine o'clock time slot. All they were doing was paying that, you know, amount to show Seinfeld videos at 9 p.m. So that Seinfeld video already existed. They're just paying you to show it. And that's what Netflix did. Netflix did it with The Office for a long time. But then the people who own The Office were like, well, we're not going to keep doing this because we want people to come to our site. So I think the same thing would have to happen for the next one. You have to get a big old nest egg to be able to buy content from other people, which would be hard because everyone's trying to sell their own content exclusively. So good luck. Uh, but then secondly, you would end up having that commercial free. I don't need commercials to do this. And now you as a content creator can come in and be a part of it. And the same algorithm for how YouTube pays you now would be what would be used on that. They so just the wouldn't be advertiser would be money. Extremely exclusive. It would be if you, if I understand you correctly, this thing would say you've got Joe Rogan, a couple other comedians. Say you sign them all up. You've got a couple social style people. You've got your top got, YouTuber faces. Got my so, influencers in there. Yeah, so I got fifteen people on this platform. I'm gonna pay each of them a chunk of money to be on there, and then. I'm going to make money off three ninety nine a month that these people come in. That that would be your. Then model. I want to watch it, and then and then on top of that, you could start a channel right now if you wanted. Go ahead and start a channel, and I will pay you for the number of views that you get. 
So then once you get there, oh, this already exists. It's called Spotify. So quite frankly, there is no platform in your mind for Elon Musk to make. I mean, if he does, if, if Elon Musk does make this platform, I honestly think the reason that he's trying to do it is one, one of two things. One, he's a childish person, which I don't believe, uh, who just wants to say what I want to say. And uh, I don't think that's true. Uh, I didn't think that was true when Trump wanted to say what he wanted to say. I think they're both smarter people than that. And, I, and let's just pretend Elon Musk is the smartest man alive, which there's a lot more evidence to that than he's the dumbest man alive. And I'd say he wants to have a place where he can actually say what he wants to say that drive sales of his current companies. He can make a statement right now on Twitter. He's already been in trouble for it. That says he wants to change how he's activating his stock. And now the entire stock market goes, ah, and they do something about it. Right. Which is illegal according to SEC and stuff. It is an insane situation. Right. So you can't he even makes... talk anymore to not blow up your business one way or another. It's kind of crazy. Exactly. So he makes a, a different um, platform where he gets to do that. There is a slight danger to it because I do think he has a certain ego that he, he always throws stuff out to his people and says, I'll do whatever you say. Like, hey, all you followers, I'm going to make a poll and I'm going to do whatever you say. He may or may not actually be doing whatever they say. He may already know they're going to vote for me to dump stock or whatever. And he just wants a good reason to make it seem like he's very, I don't know. The man's brain is clearly way above mine. Nevertheless, he's got this scenario where he has a platform that will only speak to the people that follow him at that point. Well, that could either be really, really good, or you end up getting this weird echo chamber where you're only hearing people that are yes men to you, which could be really, really dangerous. Yeah, I don't know, because in in the same token, when you think of it, the only reason why all the creativity gets to happen, why we get to do what we're doing, right. is because of advertising revenue. It opens the door to creativeness from any walk of life that I can't imagine that a platform that was strictly built on grabbing a couple celebrities and charging a deal... I don't see one model that offers anything more compelling than what already exists. I just, I don't. As, no. of, as of right now, there's nothing from end to end that makes any money from Elon to foot the bill for the whole thing or makes anything from these people outside of what Spotify is already doing. Now, if you want to be a different one of those, well, you got to build a whole music streaming company that comes along with it, don't you? But again, music streaming existed before Spotify and Spotify did things that made it better. The things that they did that made it better was one, they're starting to push towards podcasting and, and videos on podcasting. Uh, two, they made it so that you had a very large library and you could choose which song was the one to play next. Um, but you didn't have to own any of the songs. So it was like personalized radio, which was really, really cool. And no one was doing it at the time. They had Pandora, but Pandora was randomized because since you weren't choosing it, you didn't own it. Whatever Spotify did to make sure that you technically didn't have to own what you were choosing to play, like that was the game changer. And it might have been just because I paid money so they could pay the um, record executives. Well, now you can't you can't change the songs backwards. I think there's some types of uh, holdups in, if you don't actually pay for the subscription on Spotify. That's what I mean. Yeah. So you, the subscription service opens up the ability to create playlists, to share, and to do... There's probably other things that you can do as a, uh, a free to play. But in reality, they're using the money that I gave them to say, I just want to play music and maybe they're betting on the fact that i'm not going to play that much music i have no idea what the model is so how long does apple slowly weed through the weeds taking notes writing it down checking out spotify 
checking out this platform, how long before they make an extremely compelling offer for podcasting? They've always had podcasting. They've had people download the episodes. They kind of built the industry because they gave the Wild Wild West style platform a place that people could actually place the things. But they are without a doubt getting beat by Spotify hands down right now. Um, When you look at downloads of episodes or plays or anything like that, the Joe Rogan move that Spotify made, that was a big, big, big deal for the momentum of the podcast industry. And they have a lot of different monetization offers. Spotify bar none is way better than Apple. How long before Apple pairs that up in their music streaming and basically does what Spotify does, but better? Because normally they do do it better. Yeah, I think I think it probably has to do with whatever... You say the Wild Wild West, and it kind of is. Like, that's, they offer something out there big, and man, I don't know. I I have to say, I might have even thought of my own answer, and you won't know this. So I I didn't think that I would, it just kind of hit me. Did you know that Apple is actually starting to come up with an advertising platform? Hmm. It's unfortunate, isn't it? (laughs) So they are, I listened to a podcast on Joe Rogan. I can't remember the guy's name, uh, but he was, he worked for Apple and there was some kind of conspiracy deal or not a conspiracy, wrong word, some kind of conflict. He ends up getting fired, but he was talking about, he was working on their advertising um, position. They're they're basically going to make uh, an advertising platform. And I have to say, it just hit me between the eyes. That is why. It might be why. Well, I don't. So I will say this right now. I pay for uh, Spotify. I can listen to the Joe Rogan experience and I listen to advertisements. I don't like that. I don't like that I'm paying to, and it's the same thing, the same reason I don't like uh, cable. So you I do pay, pay for Spotify or you do not? Yes. So I you do, do and then you still hear ads? I still hear ads. The ones that he reads, I guess, I'm assuming? Nope. They're, they're, sometimes they're even just break in ads. What's up with that? I don't know. That's I what that I mean. was the point. I don't like it. It's the same thing on cable. Like I pay to have, I don't, but if I pay to have cable, why am I also getting advertisement? Right. Like, I don't like that. I like that's why I like Netflix. When people are like, why would you do Netflix if you could do this, do this, that, do that? Because Netflix and now Disney Plus is, is one. I don't get any advertisements on it. I just watch the show. Hulu, eh. unless you pay for the premium, you're going to get ads in the middle of it. Yuck. Interesting. I, uh, I didn't know that. Maybe uh, it's a still a software thing because I wouldn't. I didn't think that you were supposed to still get the ads. I'm kind of curious uh, if it's the overlay style or is it like reading it during his podcast, but I'm pretty sure all that's separate. So you're just getting boned all around, huh? Yeah, that's what I mean. So it, it could be that that's exactly what it is that Apple's going to do, and they're going to do a similar product. Does Apple have an offer on their music streaming that you can do it free? I don't know. I really don't. So what your your question originally was kind of like, what is Apple's next big move? And I think exclusives might be a way they go. Um, but I also... They're trying the streaming service on the music, the movie side. That's what I can't tell because... So, for instance, the Xbox and PlayStation fight has been going on forever. And I think fight's the wrong word. It's, it's, you have competition. That's the good thing. You want that competition. It drives innovation. It drives creativity. They are always wrestling for exclusives because the exclusive is going to put you in their ecosystem. I want, you know, for instance, they just bought, uh, Xbox just bought Bethesda. So they own all of the library of Bethesda, which is like Fallout games. Uh, Elder Scrolls games, which if you don't know the the gaming world, like those are two massive franchises that used to go to everybody. 
You could play PlayStation. You could play computer. You could play Xbox. MLB, that was a, a game that was always on PlayStation for a long, long, long time. That's another example. Xbox soaks it up. Yeah. Right. So those those sorts of things. And PlayStation does the same thing. They've got a lot of exclusives that are theirs. They would say, if I want to play God of War, I have to go to uh, PlayStation to play it. Otherwise, I don't play God of War, which is a really good idea to drive you know people to their, their content, which is what Spotify did with Joe Rogan. You like hearing Joe Rogan in full format? You come to us. This won't be on YouTube anymore. This won't be on other uh, podcast formats anymore. You come to us. So they're driving people, they're driving a known audience to their platform because that's what they want. It's a good idea. Um, Then Apple either has to decide to respond in kind and get their own you know, pool of people that are, that are interested. I'm sure they'll play the game. I mean, if you're talking about advertising revenue, Facebook has been built on advertising revenue and one of the most powerful companies in the world. Google is the same thing. It just, people don't really maybe think about it quite as much. Google's advertising platform is connected to freaking everything. I mean, well, and the first everything. three, the first three things I search on every single search are all ads, all ads, anything on YouTube, the whole, uh, I mean, your Android phone is based on all the ads are all through Google. Google is enormous with advertising and i think i think that apple is doing what apple does and they sit in the weeds until they figure out a way to make it better Mm -hmm. and then they do make it better most of the time and it'll be interesting to see how they're going to juggle that because i don't know that you're are you waiting till joe rogan's done with his contract and then you're gonna snatch him up because that to be honest, I don't know anybody that listens to podcasts that hasn't played around in the Joe Rogan hemisphere. He pretty much drives that market. It's obvious yeah. if you're going to pay a podcaster $100 million to come on over here. and He's then clearly got a following. Yeah. So is are you really going to be able to do much if you just yank over a bunch of other podcasters that probably is actually the same audience as Joe Rogan? Possibly. I mean... It- yeah, I mean, more more to the point, is it an exclusive thing? Because right now, I can listen to Joe Rogan. Like, you don't pay for Spotify, right? I do not. So, but you can listen to Joe Rogan for yes. free. Yeah. So the advertiser is really who's paying for you to uh, listen to Joe Rogan. The same thing could be true on on Apple. An Apple uh, an advertiser would pay you to listen to whoever they have exclusive rights. In which case, it's different than Sony and Xbox because I have to invest myself into the Sony ecosystem. I have to buy a PlayStation to play PlayStation games. Right. There's no, I don't have to buy Spotify to listen to Joe Rogan, but the advertiser does. The advertiser has to put money in there. I think Apple's going to do that. I think they're going to mimic Spotify. I don't know another way that they actually, I think they dropped the ball. I think Apple Podcasts created the podcasting industry and they completely dropped the ball, which they normally do. They normally wait around too long and don't execute innovation. They normally wait around and then just do it better. And I think that they had it. Well, yeah, no, Pod- no Apple one did podcast podcasts. Was it? I mean, they had the whole market, and now they have nearly completely let it go because they didn't do anything about it. I and didn't I- know. I didn't know there was another way to listen to podcasts other than the one that came on my phone. I legitimately had no idea. I don't for think years. that there really was. I mean, there was some platforms that probably weren't as accessible unless you were on a desktop computer, like Stitcher. I think is one of them that houses a lot of them, and they have their own listening capacity right yeah but if you've ever talked to anybody they're not i don't know anyone that has any of those third-party style apps or anything like that it was you were listening to them on apple Podcasts because you could download them it was already on your phone easy peasy easy to search sure sure and 
that the move that Spotify made with Joe Rogan is enormous for that industry. I and, mean, yeah, it's a chess move. They are they are trying to project a thing, and it may pay. Like I like I like pretending like I know. I don't know a dang thing, but like it does have implications. It 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 states this is where we think the market is going. We think the market is going towards exclusiveness, and we are investing in exclusivity. That's a that's a thing. That's a stake in the ground. You know, they're they're making a move. Yeah. We'll see if it pays off. Well, I mean, you think they waited so long with I don't know that they had the idea, but your Netflix and those kind of companies came around. They did it first, right? But what do you wait a decade to make Apple Plus or whatever it's called? Uh, <laughs> so here's a here's a question. You say that. Who dies now that Spotify is doing this? Netflix kills um and maybe some Redbox. They kill Blockbuster, the dinosaur that doesn't change. Do we have a dinosaur in this industry that doesn't change, that dies because of what podcasting is, is doing now with Spotify? I have a theory. Okay. I think that Spotify and the long format podcasting on an application that you can leave the app and still receive the content. YouTube has so, to be on. So Takes, turn it off, put it in my yeah, pocket. Put it in my I pocket, still hear. listen. Oh, I want to see what they're talking about. Pull it out, see the video content. I think the way they have built that basically for people that are 30 to 40 years old will no longer have cable in a couple more years once sporting events are figured out because every old person watches Fox News or CNN right. or has some kind of a news broadcast on nonstop or a all sport the time. or a sport and I think sport. that our generation will be watching podcasts so hold on you like maybe I invest in in Spotify when this goes off but do you think Spotify can offer sports as in sports radio that then you can also just watch the sh like watch the actual streaming of it? Well, it's kind of interesting because you've got a little technology. Apple made the first move on the I say sometimes I say first move and it's only because I know about it and I'm normally pretty cutting edge in technology and if I know about I've it probably about you. Well, I'm just saying normally no one else knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. So what I'm talking about is FaceTime is now allowed to share screen, but they paired it with their music app. So now if I'm listening to a new song and I want to FaceTime you, you can hear that song. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to allow that but, but to not happen. Through, not through FaceTime as, as far as like it's on my speaker and you can hear it. It plays on your phone separately. Correct. Right. So you can, it's like a, it's a good experience. And what I think may come of all this is as time goes on, and the metaverse concept, right? Everything's being done online. Well, if you imagine where this could go, hey, Sam, let me call you real quick. Have you seen this? What's on right now on this sporting event? Everyone's got TVs. Everyone's got Apple uh, Apple TV or whether it be a Roku or a Fire Stick. Everyone's playing the game. All of a sudden, that's easy to go over there. You give it the old minority report, flick. flip it on the phone. It's on the television. Mm -hmm. Now me and you are watching the sporting event that who's paying for? I'm paying for but you can see the sporting event because I'm talking to you and I want to watch the end of this game with you because it's insane. Mm -hmm. Do you pay for sports? You don't like them that much. Mm -hmm. You're not watching them. I'm paying for sports. Let's watch it. Mm -hmm. Imagine how many people you would lose off of TV if there wasn't sports, first of all, step one. Mm -hmm. No sports, no one's got TV. Now, if you do have sports, how many more people do you lose that's not like a real big fan? that could just buy like some $10 sports package and be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if, well, that's the thing. Cause they, they end up pairing it out into these little, little bits. Like 
you don't have a sports package. And if you do, it's like $70. Sure. Or you have little bits of sport package. Like you do the soccer sports. But I also like lacrosse. So, said no one ever. But assuming that that's the thing that you do, now you have a lacrosse, lacrosse package. Well, you, you subscribe to Netflix. Why don't you subscribe to the MLB? You can pay four ninety nine a month and you can watch our games and we'll get rid of Fox and all these other companies that we have all these contracts with. As and long any as, game. You can watch right. any game the MLB has. And I would imagine they would make Buku's more money if they could literally get their entire fan base to do that. The problem right. is... is Advertising is wrapped up in every industry to the fullest. Well, they pay a lot of money. That, yeah. That's the part I, I truly don't understand. Like, I don't know what the turnover would be from what is an ad, what is ad revenue for an amount of time that, that someone's watching a game versus how many people would I have to pay me to watch the game to make up that difference? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you think of like Ford running Ford truck commercials. Right. They had to pay Buku's, or how about we talk about on. Super Bowl commercials. Everyone kind of knows. They're paying one, three, five million bucks for the last run of ads. So for you to pay five million bucks, what is that worth to you as a company that if everyone would have just paid a dollar to watch that game? Right. If everyone would have paid a dollar, I don't know what the ratings were or anything like that, but don't you figure that it was probably like 50, 60 million? So 50, 60 million, they all pay a buck. They probably made more money from their advertisers, didn't they? I would have assumed so. But then on top of that, you also got to imagine the very first year that that happens, they lose all the money. Because how many times when you get something that used to be free to you and they ask you to pay a dollar for, but but honestly, it's a better system. Do you go, yeah, I'll pay a dollar for this. Or do you go, this used to be free. No, I don't actually think advertising is going anywhere because they will pay more money and then the prices of the goods will go higher. There's no doubt about it. When you see a compelling advertisement, it makes people want to buy stuff. Right. So if that model works and I can make you pay $10 more and I got to pay eight more dollars for advertising, I'm going to do it. A great great example of that scenario is because at our house we watch Netflix and because at our house we watch Disney Plus and we watch these things, our kids don't see advertisement ever. And I found myself like two years ago going, what am I going to get him for Christmas? I don't have any idea. When I was a kid at Christmas, I could tell you a thousand things I wanted for Christmas because I watched all the ads. <laughs> right. So my kids don't see these ads. They don't have any idea what they want for Christmas other than what they see from their friend's house. And I was like, oh my gosh. Let's my, quit hanging out with friends so that we don't have to get anything <laughs> my crazy. Kids, my kids have been <laughs> unplugged from the advertisement scheme and they have they don't even know what to buy. And half the time they didn't really want anything. So does that mean that you take advertisement out of the American mind and you all of a sudden have a very contempt populace? Did we fix it? Yeah, we might have done it. We fixed America. You're welcome. You're welcome. Everyone's welcome. Turn off advertising and you have a whole new world. A whole new world. That reminds me. Went to Disney. Did you know that? You wait. So hold on. You went to Disney, or you went to Disney on ice? Disney on ice. I have <laughs> to say, Disney on ice. I went two years in a row to take the daughters. You know, and last year it was a little bit of choreography, a little bit of skating. This year they did some crazy stuff. We had some trampoline stuff, a little circus tree. Is that a word? Circus tree? No, wait, wait. So they're skating, and now they're putting skates on yeah, trampolines. So, no, no, no. Skates were off, so they had a kind of a group that was. It was. You know, is what it is, but they'd ride on those little hoverboards. That's how they would get around on the ice. They'd drive the hoverboards. They'd get to the trampolines. They would do acrobatics. They had uh, people on stilts walking around the ice. They had a segment where, what's the deal with the, in gymnastics, where you're holding the the big, long piece of cloth. Oh, yeah, like around. silks. Silks. Yeah, so they added a lot of that kind of stuff with the so, people on So skates. this is Disney Cirque de Soleil. Basically. 
Very good show. I was extremely shocked. If you have a young kid, go to Disney on Ice. I had, I mean, it was awesome. Hold on, let's be clear. Like I remember Disney on Ice as a kid being you just watching the Muppets skate around, and some of them were good. Some like it didn't bother me, but I'm seeing the Muppets. Yeah, mu- no Muppets. You're saying at this point, watching Disney on Ice is getting more and more entertaining for you as an adult person. I would go watch the show without kids. That's how good I thought the show was. What's the price compared to going to like a Cirque du Soleil? Oh, really comparable. I mean, it's like so a you... Missouri Branson show is what it literally was. I mean, it was probably 20, 30, 40 bucks a person. And you go up there. I don't know if it was different. We sat front row because my wife loves to sit in the front row at this thing. So you can be right on the ice with them. Kids love it. They're glowing, blowing bubbles with their super affordable bubble makers. That's not true. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, every time I'm like, there's 50 cents, 50 cents, 50 cents. Did you know they're four, you can make a bubble maker for $40? They were no. really high-end components, I'm sure. Absolutely. Made um, of golden. Had to have one. Had the lights. Had the bubbles. It was cool. She liked it. Uh, I think she's maybe got $40 worth of joy as nine days have gone on, and I have bubble marks all over my ceiling. But other than that, um, that stunk. But the show itself, absolutely. I would say everyone should go to Disney on Ice. If it if they do well this year, I would imagine it would be better. But last year, just skating. This year, all the other editions, it was pretty cool. They said, let's turn it up. We're going to crank this experience to 11. Cirque du Soleil Disney style. They had two cats climb on this corner piece of the stage on a large bendy rod. I don't know how often they replace these, Hold but on, it seemed now, extremely dangerous. This is a scenario where you say these two cats, and I, like, this could have genuinely been cats. It's Disney. Two people. Okay, I, so... <laughs> two people. No cats. Two okay. people. Two people climb up this pole. They sit on it, kind of, sort of. They buckle in, and they're basically, imagine a rod sitting right on their butt, and they're sitting on a stool. So they let down these big glow-in-the-dark deals, mm-hmm. and they start swinging from side to side, throwing their weight forward, throwing their just, weight back. Wow, way over wow. the audience, way back, way over the audience. Okay. They start spinning. I'm in. I'm excited. I mean, it it was an absolute like circus performance, and you should go. All right. Well, like I'm kind of sold now. Yeah. Are it, they So this thing, does oh, it travel? or is Oh, it, oh, oh. So imagine the scene, okay? Moana. Everyone's seen Moana. You're, she, you're saying Moana, right? The the the. Um, she rides around on the boat. You yeah, know, yeah, She's yeah, got yeah. the crazy lava monster. So the crazy addition is, do you know in uh, the Olympics where they started, I think it was a couple years ago, maybe two Olympics ago, they have that insane projector experience where they Right, they can project on the onto the floor and it's it, like it doesn't look like it gets shadowed. It's insane. They brought that into the experience where the entire wall is a movie backdrop. So they did the floor and the wall. Moana riding around on her, whatever you call, small little sailboat. Mm-hmm. And you know the scene where they like split the water? Yeah, yeah. So on the ice is the water split. And on the wall is the lava monster. And he is in full HD, leaning forward, rah, you know, making all of his noise. And I'm like, this is the craziest, coolest thing I've ever seen. If how, I was a kid, my mind would be I was going to say, how did your daughter respond to this experience? Probably not even as excited as I was. I mean, it was quite a lot to take in. And as you go down, it's the scene where she's going to put the, you know, the little the heart. Yeah, the heart back in. So imagine there's a real life chick 
projector floor, crazy lava monster, as tall as Holding the building. Holding up a green glowing duber. She drives the little deal down, walks over towards the wall. The thing faces her, and she acts like she puts the stone on the nose. And I'm mind blown. I'll have to show you the video. I mean, it really So is... you videoed this. Oh, yeah. You can't. You can't. Oh, I went in there live streaming, you know, <laughs> in there showing all my neighbors. Here we go. Here it is for you, too. And you, and you. Right. Yeah. When we were kids, you remember how they said, like, no live video feed, no anything like that? Do you think that that is not as big a deal now because it's basically free advertising for their experience? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You think all those people ripping off Joe Rogan episodes, you think of all the little plugs from sporting events. Right. All it does is make the sport bigger. Right. Like, here we are talking about, uh, you know, Disney on Ice, and, I mean, we could even show half I of your footage. I will show you this shot in there. You have to see it. It's intense. <laughs> I mean, it, literally, like, whoever thought, you know what we should do? We should put that lava monster on the wall and then pretend that we talked to it. Right. Which is funny because you have to imagine that the the brainstorming moment when, you know, Walter comes in and goes, guys, new plan. We're going to make the monster real. He's going to be up on the up on the wall. It's going to be interactive. You guys, you guys saw the Olympics and everyone goes, no way, man, that's not happening. Or do you think they're all in? They're like, that's the next thing. We're absolutely in on this. I wouldn't doubt that they were the, the moment that they saw the ice thing. I would imagine they've been working on this for a while. Yeah. But last year there was a set against the wall. So where they're all coming out of is uh, there was a set where, you know, props and things where they could stand on, walk upstairs. This year, there was an element to where they kind of sort of used it, but it was basically a big movie screen. So you had a wall that they kind of came in and out of. Um, and after, I, after all that is done, they're like, you know what else we need? Trampolines and dudes on poles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I mean, like the I, I kind of forgot to mention that, but the projector experience was through every one of the themes and they had it ingrained with everything that you were watching. So when Aladdin was going on and they were doing the flying carpet deal. Going like, through Agrabah and yeah, all Yeah, they that. were showing you those scenes in the background while these two are dancing. And it, it might even just make it to where they don't have to be as good of dancers right. as well. Because it's there's a whole lot to watch. But I will say that uh, they upped their game. Their talent was much better. The one that we watched last year, there was like four falls. Oh, yeah. Those are the ones where like, like you immediately feel embarrassed for the person that's butt yeah. on the ice. Yeah, but this year, no one fell. Some really good dancers. A little bit of acrobatics. I'm telling you, it's worth the price of admission. Don't cool. buy the bubbles. Sold. You had, you had me and don't. But I will say that if you've ever bought a bubble machine... It's a pretty good bubble machine. Really? It's a pretty good bubble machine. Is it a good bubble machine because of the bubble juice that they used or because of the actual machine? No, I refilled it. It literally blows bubbles the entire time you push the button as opposed to most bubble machines that pretend to blow bubbles mm-hmm. but like kind of do and then kind of don't. And dribble down the front of yeah, it. This one actually blows bubbles. She, she runs from me around the house and you can chase her because there's a stream of bubbles. <laughs> a trail everywhere. I mean, it's a good bubble machine. It's just not $40 good. Or maybe it is. Maybe that's exact. If you want quality bubble machines, you pay $40 Oh, no, this for thing's them. still breaking soon. I mean, okay. it's it's still uh, out for the count. Yeah. To, to be continued, we'll tell you, we'll update you when the bubble machine goes out. Yeah, I don't think it's going to stick around, I have to say. Anyway, this wraps it up for today's episode. I uh, appreciate you guys listening. Please like and subscribe and watch some other videos. We've been podcasting for a couple weeks now. We're going to keep it going. If you got any comments or anything you want to add to the bottom, discussions or things that we should go over, feel free. Let us know.